Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour. Uh, you got Miles and myself on tonight, Dave, of course, in the producer chair. Uh, we have a fun show for you tonight. Uh, make sure you grab your Lake Monster beer and check it out. We're going to be talking. Uh, Miles and I are going to give a little bit of recap on the Colts game since we missed last week. Uh, Miles and I actually went to the Giants game this week. So uh, we're going to talk about that a bit and our, our thoughts on that game. And then, of course, the, the big ticket item here talking about the Packers. So, again, be sure to grab your Lake Monster beer and or beverage of choice and join us. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Good evening and welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour. We apologize for the one-week hiatus. I know it was a crazy, hectic week with uh, holiday season, uh, crazy Colts uh, come from behind win, and then, of course, this last weekend getting to check out the Giants game here. So have a lot to catch up on, a lot to talk about. Miles, how are we doing today? How was your Christmas? Good. Christmas is good. Uh, like we were saying before the show, it's always fun to watch your kids open gifts. And my kids, three and, and one, they, they just enjoyed opening things. So <laughs> it was good. You know, it doesn't get much better than that, right? I mean, you know, the look on their faces. You know what's crazy is, you know, my kid, one of my kids is getting really hard to shop for. He's 10. And uh, one of the things he was most excited for was this, like, this uh, volume of books that he's really into right now, which he doesn't oh, even like sweet. to read, but he really loves this series of books. And when he opened that up, uh, his grandma got it for him, uh, just elated. So it's always cool to see that, uh, especially things that like aren't, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Superficial, right? Like video games yeah. or computers, or iPads, uh, you know, cell phones. He was excited about a book. I was pretty happy about it. Um, well, you know, we, again, we got a, a lot to cover in tonight's show here, so let's just jump right into it. Um, I, like I said, in the pre pre-show here, I wanted to just touch base quick on the Colts game. Uh, again, we missed last week, obviously huge comfort behind win 33 points, um, you know, biggest comeback ever. Right. So can walk us, walk us through just a little bit of your thoughts. How did we get in the hole that bad? Like what, what happened there? And then what allowed us to kind of make that you know, make history and, and get back in that game. Yeah, I think the one thing you saw, I mean, the crazy part about that game, the Colts game was just how nothing could go right. Just from the jump, um, special teams, offense, defense, nothing was going right. You're letting um, – uh, I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan, but, like, you're letting the corpse of Matt Ryan go up and down the field on you. Um, it was a rough – it was a rough first half, and um, offense just couldn't get things going. So I think – and then obviously see the, 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 you know, the block punt, those types of things. So nothing was going right. You could, it just felt like they weren't up for it. They just didn't seem like they came to play that day. Like, and, and most weeks, 33, nothing at halftime. That's it. That's a wrap. You're getting backups in, you know, late in the third quarter. Um, but then all of a sudden it kind of just took one. What's the crazy part is Kirk threw an interception in the third, in the third uh, quarter as well. And so you're still like, oh, man, like, yeah, maybe there's a chance, but I don't think it's going to happen after this. And then they just kept slowly marching their way back. Um, the Colts obviously couldn't – didn't really have – the Colts' offense didn't really generate too much against the Vikings' defense. It was like a pick six besides, like, uh, things like, you know, their pick six, their black punt. Like, those those key plays, um, their, their offense wasn't 
too like they weren't killing the Vikings defense too badly. So um, the Vikings defense held strong in the second half to three points, and the offense kind of just did the rest. Like they scored on every single drive. What after the that Kirk interception? I think it was every drive after that they scored um, possession um, five straight, and so. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I don't, it's really hard to sum up, especially like the emotions aren't where they were a week ago, but, um, it it was just crazy to watch because this season out of, out of most seasons, you're thinking even a couple touchdowns, you know, maybe making it 21 to 30 to 30, 36, you're still probably thinking, oh, they're not going to make, be able to, you know, make this final comeback. But this team this year, they just, they're finding those ways and small things are, are going their way that um haven't in in recent history so um it was really fun to watch history be made and like uh like was said on the screen here so um in the comments so it was kind of uh just fun it was just fun to watch and I kind of got to a point in the fourth quarter where I was like even if they don't win it's still fun to see them come back and make it a, a fun game um and then they found a way to win yeah yeah I mean so I was there that day um at, at the game I was with my buddy Jeff and uh, halftime, I mean, place was starting to empty out. You know, the group in front of me was a four of them. They, they, you know, waved their hand, said, "I'm, we're out. See you later." And that was at halftime. The group. And you right can't blame anybody, us, right? No, no. I mean, for, for there's nothing to stay for. Absolutely, there's nothing to stay for. They gave us no reason to stay. Um, the only reason we stayed is that, to your point, like we've found ways to at least make things interesting all year. Um, the group in front of me, they left probably after the first drive in the first uh, in the third quarter. And, and my buddy even was just like, Hey, do you want to leave? Do you want to leave? Like he asked like three times. I'm like, you know what? Let's just stay like until we know we're for sure out. I know it's highly improbable, but you know what? Why don't we, uh, why don't we stick it out? I mean, you know, we pay all this money to go to these games anyway. Might as well just sit it out. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was fun to, fun to watch that comeback. I mean, it was obviously very like shock. I was in shock the rest of the day. Um, which, which was kind of interesting. My wife's like, did you even have fun at the game? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I did. I'm just like, I'm still like, just it's insane. Yeah. It, you know? Um, but I, I will give kudos to the defense. Um, they were put in some really crappy spots, right? I mean, a, a, mm-hmm. a fake punt that doesn't go well, uh, you know, goes through the hands of Naylor, uh, the blocked punt for, was that for a touchdown? I think it was, um, and, I think and, so. And yeah. Six and stuff. So I mean, obviously, we let up thirty-three points. But if you look at like the amount of points we actually let up, like fairly to that defense in terms of the Colts actually getting the ball, driving all the way three quarters of the way down the field and scoring, it was pretty minimal. It was a lot of yeah, uh, interception return for a touchdown, punt return for a touchdown, uh, short fields to work with uh, to get field goals or touchdowns. Uh, we we were able to kind of stay pretty strong there. Uh, so in the second half, when we stopped making the mistakes, that allowed us, the defense kept playing strong. That allowed us to come back. Right. So uh, again, a lot of fun. It was good to see that grit. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, there's two weeks ago. So then this next week, tougher opponent, one that I think would be a better, you know, kind of litmus test in terms of where we're at as a team, uh, just given the Giants are a playoff team at the moment. And I think if they win this weekend, they actually uh, solidify their spot in the playoffs. Um, so we were at the game together, Miles. Tell me a little bit about that experience. How, how did you enjoy the stadium being the first time you were there? Um, and, and then and then give us some just 
comments on the game and, and your thoughts on the game and how we played. Yeah. for So my, my wife and I decided to, to uh, go to the game for, for Christmas Eve, thanks to you and the, the person you knew that was selling the, the tickets. And um, so my wife and I got to experience uh, U.S. Bank for the first time. I've been in the Metrodome. I've been in TCF. I even worked across the street from um, U.S. Bank for like four years. And I never, never went to a game. I don't know why. Um, and finally decided to make that move. And uh, it was great. Like that stadium is amazing. Um, arguably like one of the, I've only been to a handful of stadiums in the league, but um, it's amazing. Uh, the seats are great. You know, we were behind the end zone where most of the action happened actually too, which was a lot of fun. Um, but really enjoyed it. Um, the atmosphere is amazing. Um, the whiteout was a little, I mean, it was okay. Like I thought the whiteout in itself was okay. Like I'm not, I don't like, I think it was a cool concept. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I kind of would have, I wore like just a regular white hoodie. I don't like, I should have just gone in a regular Vikings hoodie, but you know, it is what it is. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, but no, I, I think the game in itself kind of encapsulates the entire season for this Minnesota Vikings team. This Giants game was like the perfect, like you said, a really good lit, it was a litmus test, but it was also just like where everything has gone for them. They'll, they'll get up early. They got up 10, 10, nothing. And you're like, oh man, maybe there's a chance that they could every, every, it feels like most weeks you're like, oh man, maybe the Vikings could put away a, a team early. Um, nope. Giants had to come back tied up 10, 10, um, even take the lead late, you know, or, uh, Vikings then regain the lead. Um, those types of things then, then give up a late lead, um, needing some miracles to happen, just to even get a chance to score at the end. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it was fun to be able to watch it from, from the like field level, you know, the, um, especially the end zone, end zone shots and being able to see all the, all the plays work themselves out. It's kind of like watching film. Um, you know, which I'm used to doing. So it's a lot of fun to, to be able to watch that um, and see routes develop, see old linemen make some cool plays. Like Christian Derrissaw, I saw someone make a comment that uh, Derrissaw didn't play that well. He played really well. Derrissaw looked like, you know, regular Derrissaw. Maybe there's maybe not as consistent, but he's, you know, he's coming working his way back. Um, but that dude's so good. Like our tackles are, we probably have arguably the best tackle duo in the league right now. And um, that's really great. It's It's awesome to see. Um, and then Kirk Cousins, the, the amount of hits that dude's been taking and being able to bounce back and, and make plays, um, has been really impressive. And then, I mean, I can't say anything about JJ that nobody already hasn't said dude is, should be in the MVP conversation. Um, I don't think he'll win it, but he should be in the conversation. It shouldn't be dismissed at all that the impact he's having on a team that isn't even a top 10 offense. Um, but we're 12 and three. So, um, that impact is ridiculous. Um, and then lastly, uh, still a little bit worried about the defense, just with um, the Giants not having any weapons out of, out of, outside of Saquon Barkley, um, guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James being able to kind of get open at will uh, was a little frustrating. Yeah, well, it was funny. Your wife called me out because I'm sitting here dogging on Patrick Peterson because he's letting this Isaiah Hodgins just – you know, do whatever he wanted, right? I mean, slant routes, yeah. comeback routes, whatever it was. And then, of course, Double right moves. after I say yeah. the comment, right after I say <laughs> that comment, he goes and picks the ball off, which, again, I was ecstatic about. So, um, right. yeah, no, I mean, the, the game was fun, uh, great atmosphere as always. Again, yeah, the whiteout, you know, I know it's a college concept. I, I enjoyed it, I guess, but 
yeah. you know, you, you almost have to like do something else with it to like make it worth it, you know? And, and I know yeah. we have the skull chant and all that, but um, yeah, if we would have had something else, I know they had a pretty good wave going, but yeah, I, I, I don't like the wave. So it bothers me, <laughs> especially when we, they started the wave when, one of their, I think, uh, one of their players got hurt. One of our players got hurt. Somebody yeah, got hurt. Yeah, and I'm like, it just started the like, right out, yeah. yeah, yeah. The worst time to do a wave, and then I don't know. It was like the, all the people in that upper left corner, right? That like they started doing like, let's go Vikings while we're on offense. Like, guys, we got to be quiet. What are we doing? Um, yeah, <laughs> the atmosphere is fine. Uh, again, you know, usually you don't get that. Um, but you know, it was good. Uh, as, as far as the game, uh, yeah, defense is still worrisome. It is good to see, you know, I know, um, I know that, uh, uh, O'Connell really put an emphasis on trying to get some younger guys, some more op opportunities. Um, I know at one point you're like, dude, is, is Harrison Smith hurt? Because, you know, Metellus was in, and I think that's just right. part of the rotation and Metellus was playing well. Um, obviously I, obviously, you know, I have to mention this, Asamoa grading out as I think the second best player on our defense this week, right behind uh, Daniel Hunter by like 0.1 uh, forced fumble, picket uh, fumble recovery, you know, fantastic play. Dude just looks fast and brings energy. Yeah. I, he still makes he mistakes. Yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing one play where, you know, he, he, he guessed the wrong gap or something like that. And, and they were able to break off for not that big of a run, but more yards. And if he would have selected the right gap, uh, but overall, playing well, playing fast, playing loose, um, which I enjoy seeing out of him because, again, when he can get moving, he's he's one of the more you know impactful players on that defense. I think uh, he he has the potential, I guess, to be. Uh, we we have well, yet and, to see that because of the limited opportunities. Right. But well, and and with that, um, one coaching thing that I've always heard and kind of you know coaches always say is you'd rather have to dial a guy back. Then have to then have to try to get him to to speed up, and Asamo is a perfect example of a guy that yeah he might make some some mental mistakes and he might miss a miss a gap he might shoot shoot the wrong gap, but he's the type of player that you'd rather have to dial him back um, because you can learn those those mental errors um, with more reps you know he'll 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 get rid of those so his motor that that that, that kind of guy's he's the kind of guy you want in a defense that that needs speed and this defense needs speed and he'll be able to bring that. Um, and that passion, um, it's just really fun to watch. Yep, absolutely. I mean, and and then uh, one guy that I mentioned or that I mentioned to you during the game when we were watching the game, uh, and I'm going to try to say this right, but is it Usezi Otomeo? Otomewo, I think is how you say it. I had to look it up. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm bad um, with it too. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the kid, uh, the D tackle kid out of out of. Um, out of Minnesota here, the Gophers, um, again, just getting more reps, more and more reps, more specifically on passing downs. Um, obviously, we have a bunch of really good players at the at the Asezi Otomowu. Otomowu. All right. Otomowu. Otomowu. I'll try to remember yeah. that. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, he's also bringing a ton of energy to that pass mm -hmm. rush. And I think it's creating a, some opportunities for Daniel Hunter and, and Zedaria Smith to get some one-on-one -on -one opportunities as well, which is, again, fun to see. So, um, granted, the back end of that defense still has a ton of work. And, honestly, uh, I know one guy that you had mentioned, uh, Byron Murphy, uh, is a potential free agent candidate we maybe need to go look at. You know, we got to do something to bring some sort of stability. I mean, granted, Peterson yep. has been a stability, but 
let's get maybe somebody with a little higher ceiling uh, going forward. Um, again, Peterson's doing great. I'm, I'm not, I'm not dogging him too much here. I know he's had a, he had a little rough game this past game outside that pick, but uh, for the most part, he's played well this year. So um, yep. yeah, the game was good. Uh, it was uh, discouraging to see that uh, Barkley touchdown come in at the end. You and I both needed it for fantasy, so I don't think either one of us were too upset. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as long as we won the game, which we were able to do, so that's good. Um, and awesome. the kick, so, and real quick, and, and and real quick, the kick. Then we'll then we'll move to the Packers. Um, but the kick, like I remember sitting there in my head, being like, "Well, I I don't think they told us, uh, or maybe they did. I don't remember. I don't remember hearing how far the kick was before he kicked it when we were in the stadium." Uh, but they kicked it to us because we're we're in, we're the ends that we were. They kicked it our way, and I remember I knew it was like sixty plus. I didn't know the exact yardage, um, being where we were in the in the stadium. Um, knew it was sixty plus, so I was thinking, I was expecting it to be left or right, or maybe just a little short. Um, and then he kicked it because they had a guy. They brought a guy back just to return it in case you know he came up short, and he cleared that by at least a couple yards. Like I bet that it could have been good, maybe sixty three, sixty four. That that's yeah. where we were because we were in the back back end zone, so you could see clear. He cleared that thing with with plenty of room. It was really impressive. Yeah, I think I think it maybe had two yards, two yards, and then yeah. it probably would have hit, yeah. hit the. So from sixty three, we're looking at a doink and hoping for the best, right? But um, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was quite a. Pre- I remember watching that ball go up, and I'm like get here, get here, get here. I just kept yelling that. And it, it, it made us all the way there. So no, that was a lot of fun. Um, awesome. So that, that sets up, you know, so obviously, you know, we're watching uh, Christmas day games um, and, and the Packers, I think we're playing first day or first game during that um, probably lose that game. If Tua doesn't get that concussion, uh, but you know, he did and he started playing quite poorly and, uh, Packers were able to, to create that win for themselves. So makes it all that more important of a game now because the Packers come in in a must-win situation uh, against a Vikings team who's, again, coming off another quote-unquote miracle win two two weeks in a row. Uh, and and we need to take care of business, right? We need to chop the the you know proverbial legs off the monster here that is the Green Bay Packers. And, and uh, the only way to do that is go to Lambeau and – relatively decent weather i mean obviously it's outside but um i don't know at least here on this weekend i think it's gonna be like in his 30s so i'm hoping green bay is going to be somewhat similar um so hopefully that that won't be be. yeah so hopefully it won't be that much of a factor uh but you know we got to come in against a team that's hungry um fighting for their playoff lives here uh aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, he didn't play or he didn't practice today. Uh, knee injury, apparently. So, we'll uh, see. I'm assuming he won't miss the game. <laughs> so, I haven't heard anything that it's too strenuous. But um, and and you got you know Christian Watson coming up. You got Romeo. Uh, is it Dobbs uh, who has come yeah. back and well, uh, played so well Watson last week? Watson Watson left the game pretty what like halfway through the game on against the Dolphins right after halftime, I think. Um, and he didn't practice today because of a hip injury, so uh, we might not have to. He's been he's been pretty good for them, and yeah, he's a he's that that like dynamic receiver. Obviously, he's a rookie, so I think there's ways that they didn't they wouldn't have to be as worried. But um, he's a dynamic receiver that worries you a little bit with that speed down the field that this this these DBs have struggled against this year. So if he's out, that's, yep. that's that that could be pretty big. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be a key thing that all of us should be watching uh, days up to the game here. Um, but you know, you got Aaron Jones a little banged up. You got uh, uh, AJ Dillon. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, AJ Dillon. He, you know, he's he's playing you know pretty well. Um, you know, Lazard's out there. You know, their defense is getting healthier ish. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different game than the first game we saw this year uh, at the bank here. So give us your thoughts. Kind of what are some of the keys to victory? How do we slow down or I guess um, stop this Green Bay offense? And, and what are ways that we can, uh, you know, knife this defense a little bit and, and create some wins for ourselves there? I mean, I, th- I think we got to they're going to try to get the ball out quickly. I think that's going to be what they want to do. They're going to probably see some play action. and I think. You're going to see the Rodgers want to get the ball quick, but I also think they're they're going to try to get them on some double moves. Alan Lazard, Dubs, um, who's who's a I'm trying to even think besides uh, Watson, who else they have it at wide receiver right now? Um, Cobb. They're kind of a Cobb, who's you know Randall Cobb. They, but, they cut um, Watkins. So. Yeah, they did. They did cut Watkins. Um, yeah, so the like outside of those guys, and then then obviously Robert Tunyon's a pretty solid tight end. Um, it's more about like how can this team effectively handle their I think the quick quick passing game can can they stop guys like Alan Lazard from winning those quick slant routes the and and then obviously they, those guys are good at blocking the the one thing the Packers receivers are good at is blocking and they like to do the quick the quick screens to the receivers and into the backs so um, I do wonder if we can make sure that you know those aren't big staples for Rogers this week and then obviously Rogers Rogers really thrives especially at home off of mistakes and you know we can't have any mental mistakes can't get caught with 12 men on the field can't get caught um you know jumping off sides on on hard counts those types of things those are the things that like small plays like that that get rogers going is what makes it really hard like slow him down and so um if the vikings can you know do better with the mental mistakes making sure that they're not giving up some big plays i think they they should be okay because this this packers offense has been so up and down um, and obviously injuries and things like that. So um, I think the Vikings defense, yeah, I, I think if they keep everything in front of them, kind of with that staple of the uh, Ed Donatel defense, I think they'll be okay. Um, just don't no crippling mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, on our offensive side of the ball here, what can we do to make sure that we're we're keeping this defense on edge? Um, obviously, they got a couple, uh, you know, a pretty good front seven that can create some chaos in the backfield. Um, hopefully, we have Bradbury back, which <laughs> it's crazy. I never thought I'd say that, um, but you know, hopefully, I don't, we get I don't him think back. we're going to see him back. I don't think we're going to see yeah. him back to the playoffs. Yeah, and that's probably the smart move, right? But um, yeah, yeah. so, well, what what can we do to help mitigate that? What can we do to create wins for JJ? I know I'm assuming Alexander is going to be pleading to, for that one on one coverage with him. So, what can we do? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that we can do is TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen. Like, yes, Justin Jefferson needs to get his. Like, I, that that's we've obviously got to the point where JJ is like un, he's unguardable. He's the guy that it doesn't matter. Just give him the ball. But you also need other guys to 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 compliment him as well. And you, we've seen guys like uh, T.J. Hawkinson against the Giants have a monster game, monster game. We didn't even touch on that, but he was he was the best we've seen him in in a, in a Vikings uniform. Um, and then K.J. Osborne against the Colts the week before going off um, and helping lead that comeback. And so like those guys are really huge keys to 
to the, to this offense and getting this run, this offense going. But I also think Dalvin Cook and getting the run game a little bit more effective. They don't they don't need to rely on the run as in terms of let you know previous uh, regime where the run was the it was to set up the run to set up the pass. They've they've obviously used the, the pass as, as their staple. The pass game is a staple of this offense, which it should be. But I think they need to be more effective in the run game. They've they've struggled, especially against the Giants. Um, kind of struggled to get that run game going. Um, I think the Packers are a little bit more susceptible to giving up um, some more explosive plays on the ground. And I think Dalvin Cook is primed to have you know one of those games in you know in, in thirty degree weather. You get him rolling a little bit more. Um, I think that could be something that helps just open things up a little bit more as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping for a big game out of Dalvin Cook. I think that um, and running and running game, right? Like, and it's I know I had thought at the game that Ch- uh, Chandler was available, but you, you had educated me that he wasn't. Uh, but it, he did come off of IR now. Finally, he's right? back. Yeah, he's he's back now. Yep. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if they incorporate him at all, uh, at least just to kind of a, a change of pace. I, I think he brings a little bit more um, uh, spark, I guess, than like an Alexander Madison did. But of course, you and I dog on Madison at the game, and he comes up with a couple big runs. So, um, right, right. so again, it, it, it's one of those things where you know maybe we should just start dogging people and they start playing better because it happened both. <laughs> uh, you know, the two players I was dogging uh, at the game it happened to play well. So. Um, yeah, so I'd really like to get this run game going. I think that that'll help, one, uh, keep any sort of momentum that Aaron Rodgers can create at home um, yep. on the sidelines. But, two, you know, we we need to – I think our offense just needs this just from, you know, going into the playoffs. We've really struggled over the last few weeks being able to run the ball effectively. Of course, we'll have, like, one big hitter here and there, but just consistently right. uh, being able to run the ball. And And when I say run, I don't necessarily mean it has to be a handoff. Again, like you had mentioned, what what the Packers do well is you know getting that screen game going. We tried that screen pass to Justin Jefferson twice during that Giants game yeah. with like a negative one yard result, and I'm sitting here just kicking and screaming like, "What the heck are we doing?" And then you know, game on the line, we we do that. Well, I, I, we did it from the slot versus from the way outside, but we do a screen pass to him. He takes it, you know, however many yards, twenty yards or whatever just to get us with an opportunity at a 61 yarder. So if we can get some more plays like that, even or screens to Dalvin cook um, that are effective and that are working, uh, those work as an extension of the pass game as well, or as, as an yep. extension of the run game as well. So um, I think that's going to be critical. Um, if you're just trying to sit back and do a, a step back passing game against these Packers, I don't think that's going to be the best way to be able to effectively move the ball against them. Not saying that, Justin Jefferson won't be able to win one-on-one against Alexander because we've seen him do it, you know, time in and time out. Um, but, and, and again, Hawkinson can come up big and Osborne and Thielen and all these guys. But it, it, with that pass rush and our offensive line, I know we're getting better on the tackles, but that inside is still r- prime for, for a, a penetration there. And, and with Kenny Clark playing well, is he still, is he in, is he healthy? I, I haven't heard anything on him. I'm. I think so, but I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure. But well, one one big area. One big area of a guy that's not uh, Keyshawn Nixon, their new returner. Um, yeah, that dude's been. He he's he got hurt as well in the in the Dolphins game. That dude is legit. Out of yeah. kind of came out of nowhere, but he was a, he's been a legit one of the better returners in the league. And the Vikings have 
kind of been hit or miss the last, you know, handful of weeks in terms of special teams. So um, not having a guy like that and explosive in the, in the return game could be big as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so, as long real, as we quick, can... real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, as long as we can uh, do a good job of, sorry, Miles, uh, as long as we can do a good job of, of, you know, mixing it up and keeping it relatively balanced. I know I was listening to um, Kevin O'Connell talk about this in one of the pressers. um, Yeah, I I think I was listening to it yesterday uh, that, you know, he really wants to have a balanced attack, but sometimes the game plan doesn't call for that and and whatnot. And I totally understand that. But as balanced as we can possibly be, especially against a team like this with a, with you know, with a defense that can really create havoc in the backfield, we don't need anyone getting hurt. That's the big thing, right? We don't want, right. you know, as you had mentioned in the last couple of weeks, Kirk Cousins has taken a beating, and you know, we can't do anything without him. Like we're not going to be able to, yep. you know, we 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 can't play, make a playoff run without Kirk Cousins. So um, we have a playoff spot secured. Number two seed is going to be very important, I think, and we'll get into that here in a second. Um, we, we need him upright. I'd rather, I'd ra- you know, I'd rather not sacrifice, you know, trying to make these, you know, step back and throw the ball 50 times this week, just to, just to win the game. If, if that means that Kirk Cousins is taking a beating. Cause again, this front seven is pretty legit for the Packers. So. Yep. hundred um, percent. I wanted to touch on, there's a, there's a quick question in the, in the chat about the whiteout um, skull TYA catch 84. Um, we touched on it earlier, but, just wanted to rehash. I, I thought this, the whiteout at the game on Sunday was cool. I Saturday was cool. But, I mean, I don't think you – I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, they got to do this every year type of thing. I thought it was a cool concept. But um, I was saying, and I think Mary even said in the comments, like, she missed the purple. And I kind of missed being a, you know, being a part of, like, wearing, like, all the different Vikings purple and gold and, and those things too. So uh, it was a cool concept. Um, I, I think, you know, I think it would be cool to do it in the future again. But I don't think it's something that needs to be a staple. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So I, I brought up the I brought up the two seed, right? So we're currently yep. locked in at the two seed, but it's not locked, right? Or we're we're pretty we're in the two seed, but it's not locked. We have the the Niners breathing down our neck. Um, Only way we can lock sides. the two seed is if we if we win out, win out, or they lose one, and we right. If they one. if they lose one, if they yeah, we as long as we don't have the same record, or they they obviously don't have a better record. Um, yep, but if we have yep, the same record and, and they, they own the tiebreaker, they, they would own it based on conference record, which is the second mm-hmm. tiebreaker behind head to head. So, uh, right. so looking at that, um, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think we can get that second seed? Do you think we can win out? How important is that second seed? Uh, because obviously we're all guaranteed a home playoff game, but now we're looking at playing in San Francisco, Santa Clara, uh, versus playing in Minnesota uh, for that divisional round if we both win. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think getting the highest seed possible is always the best scenario. I, it's so hard to play matchups and wanting to like, oh, we want to we want to get this specific match. We want that. No, I think to your point, you want to host as many playoff games as you can. And I think obviously the the one seed's the, the priority. Everybody wants the one seed. You want that, that extra buy. But if you can't get that the two seed, you want you want the two seed because you want everything else to roll through your um, your stadium. You want to be home because the one thing that we we know with this team, and I think that we might see them struggle with, is the weather could play an impact. Maybe not in Santa Clara, but you know if you have to go to Philadelphia 
you have to go to we wouldn't have to go to Green Bay, but you know what I mean. Like if you have to if you have to go to some of these um, some of these outdoor um, places. Luckily, the Viking the the NFC this this year with uh, with the seating, the Vikings shouldn't have to do that. Besides the Eagles, um, but um, yeah, I mean, just, just wanting to be that home, having that home field advantage, having your your fans there, um, you get to control more the tempo, control the the game atmosphere. I think is always more important than um, worrying about like who your matchup is. So um, for me, I, I think it's important to get that two seed. Yeah, I, and I agree. And and again, it, it's yeah. Well, we already know what the matchups are going to be, right? And we don't know who we're playing week one, but we know that if hypothetically we went out, Niners went out, we're sitting at the two seed, they're sitting at the three seed. If we win and they win, that's the team we're playing, right? And I don't want to play them in Santa Clara. That that fan base right, can get loud right. as well. 100%. Uh, they're, they're a team that feeds off of that energy. We're a team that feeds off the energy um, so, uh, of our home crowd. So if we can get that, and again, we're, we're likely looking at probably the final four teams, and I obviously it's playoffs. Anything can happen, and it's any given Sunday, right? But we're, we're probably looking at us versus the Niners week two, if we can win, and then the uh, the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Well, there's no there's no one saying that either of those teams can't win. We're looking at maybe right. an NFC Championship game at home, right? Yep. I mean that that that's it. so, and, and we're only going to be able to get there if we're probably home for that divisional round because that that Niners seems no joke. So uh, yeah. I think it's very important. I think we I know that there was talk of some people saying, well, will KOC rest some starters? Uh, you know, given the fact that we're locked in at worst at the three seed. Um, I just I don't think that it's worth it. I don't think it's worth uh, us being uh, trying to do that. So, um, we had a comment. Uh, I think it was Mary. Somebody asked, um, "How did we feel about the time management of that last game?" Any comments there? I don't really remember any like big hiccups there. But again, you know, you're in the you're in the the heat of the the stadium and everything's going on there so yeah. sometimes you just kind of overlook those kind of things uh, yeah I, i'm trying to remember if i th- oh the end of the game end of the game scenario was pretty rough um they got they got really lucky with the obviously kicking me on the hit the, the 61 yarder but they basically killed any chance any realistic chance to kick a game-winning field goal obviously they did but you shouldn't have they should have been a better situation than a 61 yarder and if JJ doesn't get that first down, which he barely got, they they don't get to clock it, and the game runs out. You know, you go to overtime, those types of things. So I think I think KOC could have handled that last drive a little bit better from a clock management standpoint. But again, they're growing pains. Like the the fortunate thing, I said this going into the season: the Vikings were going to have growing pains because you have a new coaching staff, new offense, new defense. Um, we've been fortunate that those growing pains have still been able to you've been able to work through those growing pains in wins, and so. Um, those growing pains aren't aren't having resulting in crippling losses, and so um, I think that's a fortunate scenario. So I'm not going to freak out about it. I think it's something that needs to improve, but I don't. I, it's not something that I'm like overly worried about. Yeah, now that you say that, I do remember you complaining about not using a timeout when we should have or something. I'm like, well, yeah. it was a horse to piece is kind of what I said, but uh, thinking about it, it was like, oh no, we definitely should have. Um, all right, very good. So, last thing I want to just quit touch base on 
Um, you had kind of brought it up earlier. JJ needs to be in the, at least needs to be in the conversation. Can he get a vote at least? I, Cooper Cup did not get a vote last year uh, after winning right. the Triple Crown, but I think this season, although we don't have as many touchdowns as Cup had last year, um, from a yardage perspective, from you know, for, you know, from that perspective, he's he's having a better season. So um, let's let's fast forward two weeks. We're sitting here, and uh, JJ. He only has eight you know, touchdowns. Yeah, well, he has. I think one rushing one as well, so nine total. But yeah, okay. yeah, he hasn't been. He hasn't been like a touch. You know, just like surprises me. Surprises me a little bit. Well, we spread the ball around quite a bit in the red zone. I mean, Thielen's got a couple, yeah. Hawkinson's got a couple, KJ's got a couple. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we've definitely spread that love around a little bit. Um, but l- let's fast forward two weeks. Let's say he eclipses the uh, the all-time record for receiving yards by Calvin Johnson. Let's maybe even say he was able to sn- sneak his way into that 2,000-yard club. Does he garner that MVP vote? And, and for perspective here, right? Receivers never won, right? And But when Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards, he was the MVP. So is it possible? Let's say hypothetically, because obviously as it stands right now, he isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. He just won't. Or Jordan Harris probably. So if he were to eclipse the all-time record, if he was maybe even to eclipse the 2K mark, would that be any sort of cause for, hey, we need to vote for this guy? So – this is this is why I said I believe I think JJ needs to be in the conversation. Now, as value, so Justin Jefferson is the most valuable player to this Vikings team. Now, but the difference between this is why positional value. So this is why like the MVP in itself needs to just be a quarterback driven um, type of award, and then they, then the offensive player of the year award needs to be like a position player. Like they need to like do away with MVP. Because it's always just going to be quarterback, essentially. The, who's the best quarterback that year? Um, but that just shows you how important and valuable quarterbacks are. Justin Jefferson is the most important player on the Vikings offense. But at the same time, you can make the argument that without Kirk Cousins, the, the train doesn't r- roll at all. Like, you you don't – the drop-off from Kirk Cousins to a Nick Mullins is six, seven wins probably, right? Like, you're a, a four-win team right now with Nick Mullins. And that maybe be generous. What's the what the Vikings might also be a four win team without Justin Jefferson, but I think you'd see that they'd play a they'd play a better overall football game. Football be a better they wouldn't be a better team, but they'd be a better team without JJ than they would be with a better team without Kirk. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Not and well, that's not me yeah. saying that JJ isn't important. We know how important he is, but they would have a better chance of winning football games without JJ than they would Kirk. But then, real quick, let me let me finish the circle here. What you extrapolate that to another quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, who lost his best receiver, and he's still putting up arguably better numbers than he did with Tyreek Hill. I know he still has Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith, who's just a good player. Those types of things, but um, I just you you just couldn't make the argument that JJ is more valuable than Patrick Mahomes again. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson isn't a top five most valuable player in the league right now because I think he is, 
But I just think quarterback is just that much more important than than the unfortunate situation of Justin Jefferson playing receiver. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here just a bit. So you had mentioned that we're probably a, what did you say, four or five win team? Something with, something uh, like that. With, it, it, yeah. Whatever, right, yeah. We're, we're definitely, we definitely have had a few wins caused by Justin Jefferson this year, right? 100%. Uh, and so hypothetically, you take Kirk Cousins off the team, we're probably a four or five win team. You take uh, Justin Jefferson off the team, where it's a four or five win team, right? Wouldn't that make Justin Jefferson even that much more valuable because he's able to make that much of an impact at a position that should be less impactful than a quarterback? Right, but that's why I was saying for our team, for the Vikings, that's why I think I think him and Kirk are like one A, one B, literally right up there with you know being the most important players on the team. Um, but I, it's hard to make the argument that he's more valuable than a Patrick Mahomes. That that team. I, and what I what I was trying to say with the Kirk situation too is, I still think if you still had Kirk but no JJ, you have a chance to be a six seven eight win football team, than you do without um, uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't think you have a chance to be six seven eight nine win team without Kirk Cousins. You have that chance if you have Kirk Cousins and no JJ, but without Kirk you don't. That's what I, I guess what I was trying to say. It's not to say that I still think because of the way the season's played out. Without JJ, you're probably looking at five wins. But without sure. Kirk, you know, you know what I mean. That, that's that's where I was trying yeah. to go with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and I again, I agree with you uh, for the most part here. I, I do think he deserves at least a little bit of, um, at least to get, garner a vote or two. Which again, Cooper Cup was just not just able to say to. just to say he did or what? Just, well, just I mean, but like. Logically, I mean, because you're like looking. Let's look around the league this year, right? Um, you have Niners, arguably the best team in the league, is being is being led by a Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy, a uh, a Taylor Heineke led Washington Commanders are in a playoff spot right now, a. Cowboys team that was without Dak Prescott for four or five games or is able to weather that storm, only lose one game and, 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 and sit here with a, you know, with, with a chance at a one seed potentially. Right. I mean, we're, we're sitting here with a bunch of these scenarios where the quarterback did get hurt or did go out or what have you. And the team is still dominant. So I know how important the quarterback position is. I get it. And Patrick Mahomes is the best of the best. I get it. But I, th- I think a good system has been able to prove that the quarterback's only as good as the system is, right? And Patrick Mahomes is probably in the best system he possibly could be in uh, with one of the b- biggest, most genius offensive minds in the game's history. Uh, and I'm not saying that that doesn't affect the receivers, right? Like obviously Justin Jefferson's in a position he's in because he's in a system that allows he him is to Cooper run wide Cup. open most of the time. Yeah. 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 He's, so, I mean, he's Cooper I, I, Cup. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you know, that's just a home fan here. Like trying to get some more love for the, I yeah. need to see another gritty, I, I, you know, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like it'd be, I, I, again, I think Justin Jefferson should be in the conversation but I don't think it's a, a debate that he should win it over a Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Sure. Well, more than likely he at least wins offensive player of the year. 
At yeah, least I, like like if if Cooper Cup can't get uh, an MVP vote last year, where the I think Rodgers played worse than what we're seeing from Mahomes this year, then and Cooper Cup's numbers he put up nineteen hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like if Cooper Cup can't even get a vote from uh, a lesser MVP, like and that's not to take away from Rodgers, even though I don't care about Rodgers, but like Brady should Rodgers MVP last year. Sure, like great, but like either way, though, I don't think those those two players are having a had a better season last year than what Patrick Mahomes is having this year, and he's going to win MVP. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's where I'm saying like Justin Jefferson doesn't have the same stats as Cooper Cup did last year. Um, now I think his impact is very much like right up there, or even probably slightly even slightly higher than what Cooper Cup's was, um, but that's hard to say because they won the Super Bowl too. So, but sure. it's a regular season. It's a regular season award. Um, and if JJ's like in the conversation again, I'll, I'll continue to say, I think he should be in the conversation. Awesome. Wish the touchdowns, wish the touchdowns were a little higher though. That's the only thing. But, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. That, that'd be nice. Um, awesome. Well, you know, that that's pretty much everything I want to cover tonight. Uh, obviously we have predictions here. Uh, we got Packers game. Dave, you want to come up from behind the, 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 uh, screen here um so we can get yours in as well i didn't get matt's i should probably should have but i forgot to um and of course again matt's a much better host than i am uh, everyone knows this he he gets the media oh, man, guests. He gets all that he, he gets all that stuff going so uh but you know we, we we toughed it through matt will be returning next week uh from his couple week hiatus here i'm happy to have him back so, well, Dave, if you're able to make it back from back there, that'd be great. Uh, perfect. All right, uh, Miles, why don't we start with you here? Predictions for the Packers game. What do we got? Oh, I hate predictions. Um, Me too. I'm going to say 28-20. It's got to be a one-score game. Um 28-25, because we'll say that they, they had to go for two to get it back into – to get it within three Vikings. Wow, look Let's at go that. Soon. All right, Dave, what do we got? 30 to 17 Vikings. This will be that convincing win. We'll do it twice this oh. year. In victories, and both times it will be against the Packers. And would you say 30 17? So a 13 point win? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's see. Packers are favored by three, and the over under is 47. So it's probably going to be close to that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go in a similar fashion to, to Miles. I don't think it's going to be a convincing win. I think this, we're going to eke one out here. Um, by the way, I just hate this. I'm, I've been a, I, I don't think I've bet against the Vikings all year, which I don't know. It feels wrong. It feels wrong to pick them every week, but I think I got to I got to do it again this week. I'm going to go. They're twelve and three. Or, They're twelve and three. So it's not like you've been like wrong. Right, right, yeah. Oh, and even do, one uh, of those losses, he bet against them, and he won that one. <laughs> Who did? I didn't bet against them. Matt did. I thought. Yeah, I. It was either I the bet, Dallas I, game or the Philly Philly game. 
Somebody nope, took I, I, I bet it for him every – or no, actually, you're right. We all bet uh, that Philly was going to win that game. So we are all correct in that, I think. Um, I could be wrong. Either way. Yeah. I, that sounds right. I'm going to go 24-19. They're going to go for two to make it within three. We're going to stop that, and we'll be 24-19. Well, hey, I all agree right. with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> well, Dave, what do we have for the rest of the week? Uh, we're supposed to have a Viking hot takes tomorrow night at 8.30. I have not heard from Flip. I've sent him a message. I don't know if he got lost with a little too much Christmas cheer. If not, the next one after that is two old bloggers, myself and Darren Campbell. We'll break everything down on Thursday, uh, on Saturday afternoon at 4, our regular time. We have the three themes as usual. First theme, we're talking about the rookies uh, late in the season, how they have blossomed or seem to have blossomed. Uh, Brian's favorite player of all, uh, Brian Asamoza, Asam, Asamoa, is doing fantastic. He's one of them. We'll get into the second theme, which is about the Duke of Shelley, how he is the little short man has come out of nowhere and has earned himself a starting spot, in my opinion, at least for now. And then, of course, the third theme, we break down the Vikings at the Packers and, uh, how hopefully we will ruin Aaron Rodgers and all those cheeseheads' day. Would love it. I did. Uh, Miles can vouch for this when uh, when that when that uh, strip fumble recovery by Asamoa happened. I yeah. uh, I always had my Asamoa shirt on, my shirt C on underneath my, yeah. my Unreal sweatshirt, uh-huh. and I ripped that Unreal sweatshirt out there upon my chest. I, I was real hype. I was real hype. Hey, I, I like the way he's it was playing. Embarrassing. Yeah, well. even the people behind me were like, "Oh, he must really like that guy." Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ryan's wife. Ryan's wife was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, yeah. I'm no, I married. She, she's like, "You did say he was going to make a big play today, and that you would do this." I'm like, "I, I told you, uh-huh. I told you." So, all right. What do we say, guys? Skull Vikes. Skull. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To That's Badass Wood Art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody! Skull!